This is episode 42 of African in American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. I hope you're doing well, family. Um, I'm actually, I've been better. So, for uh, for a while now, I have just been on a serious, like, disciplined journey when it comes to my credit, my credit journey. I've been paying off and paying down debt and just getting my credit where it needs to be because I'm like, okay, there's so many things I need to do. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm on this journey to be my greatest self in every way. My credit being good is a part of that. So I have sacrificed so much shopping, vacations, all kinds of things that I, you know, want to do in order to get my credit right. Um, lately, I've been very proud of, my, of myself at the, um, at the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Progress. <laughs> at the progress that I've made. And today, I find out that my identity was stolen. I am so pissed. And my credit card company is like, well, it's okay because, you know, you have zero fraud liability. And I'm like, yeah, but it still is going to affect, you know, um, you know, on my credit report, it's going to affect that it's going to show that I have used so much of my available balance. And that's a huge factor that affects your score. And I'm like, that's not something that we can just credit back right away. You know what I mean? So that just, that got me hot. Listen, to all you scammers out there, I just want to say this because I am the kind of person, I am all for people making their money. I'm all for it. It makes me extremely happy when I see people get into their bag. But if the way that you are making money requires you hurting other people, then listen, baby, I just cannot get with that. Find you something else to do. If you can go through all the trouble of stealing people's credit card information, hacking their accounts, making fake credit cards, then baby, you can start a business, okay? If you got that much know-how on how to do all that and you're going to risk going to the feds because you get caught doing credit card fraud, it's a whole different monster, so my thing is, if you're going to, like, risk your freedom and, like, steal from innocent people, listen, if you can risk all that, take a risk starting a legitimate business, honey, okay? Because y'all mess with people's lives. And the crazy part about it is scammers are not scamming to, like, empower their families and to, like, better their communities. Scammers scam to flex, like, they literally will scam to get um, luxury clothing, cars. You know what I'm saying? That's why they're doing it. It's not even like you're doing this for a bigger purpose. People sit there and scam for forever just to buy material things, which when you go to jail, you know, what I'm, when you go to jail, what good is all that going to be to you? So... I'm pretty sure my scammer does not listen to African and American because we're on here like healing and doing better with our lives. But just know if I find out who you are, I'm coming for you. 
But other than that, I'm doing well. But don't get it twisted. Let me find out. How could you do this to me? I held you down. I had your back. I did this, this, and this for you. How many of us have heard women say something to that extent? How many of us have heard that same sad story of women that took care of a man and held a man down just to have him run off with, you know, some chick that quote unquote never did nothing for him? We hear that. How many times have we heard that story? Um, We've heard that story countless numbers of times, and yet we continue to hear it, which means that people hear these stories happen over and over And they still participate in the shenanigans, which shows that humans can sometimes be dumb. Humans can sometimes be in denial and they will see the same thing happen over and over. Like humans literally will see a person fall into a hole and then like walk down that same path and fall in that same hole. I don't get it. It really confuses me, but apparently that's what we're doing. So I want to have this talk. Now, I'm going to start this talk off by saying a very blanket statement of ladies, do not take care of a man. Do not take care of a man. Okay. So at this moment, this is when all the broke Negroes and men that lack financial confidence step in and say there's nothing wrong with a woman taking care of a man and helping him out okay um there absolutely is it actually is one of the worst things that you can do to a man and I'm going to go into detail on why now I'm going to start out by saying there there are a few things that make a woman a woman and there are a few things that make a man a man there are a few things that women have to have in order to function in a healthy and efficient way. There are a few things that men have to have to also function in healthy and efficient ways. Now, a man has two main purposes in this world. And these are his soul purposes. And I don't mean soul like S-O-L-E, like like one, I mean his sole purpose, S-O-U-L. Okay, what fulfills him? Um, what makes him feel like a man? What is God's order? What is the order of the most high? What is mother nature's order for a male and his purpose in this world? And the two things at the top of that list are to protect and to provide. Okay, One of the worst things that could happen as a man is to have your family get harmed while you're standing right there. As a man, if you get like beat up in front of your family, if your family gets hurt and you don't stand up for them, if your family is attacked and you don't defend them, you can never show your face again. Okay, that's one of the worst things that can happen to a man is for his family to get hurt and there was something that he could have done in his power to prevent that okay once that happens you pretty much took away everything that make him a man and he'll never get that respect ever again can you imagine like a man like somebody home invades a man's family and he like 
runs out the house and leaves his family behind, he would be labeled as the biggest coward. There would be no coming back from it. And he'd have to move to Timbuktu to hide from all the people that would just shun him. Why? Because we know that the men are the protectors. Now, in order to have this conversation, we are talking about God. We're talking about God's way here. So if you are not with that, you're not going to understand what I'm talking about in this conversation. And this talk is not, it's going to go way over your head. So if you, if you're that person that has gotten so arrogant as to think that you can remix nature's order because you're so great and what you say goes, you can just press the pause button, unsubscribe from this podcast and go on about your day. We're having, we're about to have a real talk. We're about, we're not about to spare no feelings. And we're not about to pat anybody on the ass. We're about to keep it blood raw. So, you know, if you want to have all this, because I, I hate when men pull the card of like, well, y'all want gender equality. So if y'all want gender equality, then we ain't got to protect y'all. We ain't got to provide for y'all. You're weak. If, you, if that thought has even crossed your mind, you're a weak Negro. You're not a black man. You're a weak Negro. Um, okay. So anyway, back to the subject. So two things, protect, provide. Um, when a man can protect his family, when a man can provide for his family, it instills a fulfillment inside that man that is priceless. Now on the opposite end, a man that cannot protect his family, a man that cannot provide for his family, a man that does not protect his family or does not provide for his family on the total opposite, it can put him into a depression. It can bring his confidence and his self-esteem as a man down to almost zero. Okay. All right. Um, you know, somebody busts up in here and your man goes to defend your family and you like stop him and you take down the bad guy for him, he's a laughing stock, okay? You took away the moment where he's a man being a man and he's fulfilling himself. Now, it goes the same way with finances. Now, first of all, what I will say is this talk is going to apply for people that are, let's say... If we're talking about people getting ready for real relationships, we're not talking about kids playing house and playing around. So I'm going to say this conversation is probably for people 25 and older. Under 25, so many people are so confused and lost. You're just kind of figuring this out. You know, we're going to let you slide. But once at, at 25, it's time to, okay, it's time to get your yourself together. Now, just like that bad guy walks in and you take them down the bad guy instead of your man, you have emasculated him by, and I'm using an extreme example just to get this point across, but just like you would be wrong as a woman in that instance to like jump in front of your man and protect the family instead of letting him do it, it works the same way when it comes to providing now, there are very few instances where a woman should provide in place of her man. Now, if you're a single woman, then honey, you better provide. Okay, you better provide because you have to eat. All right. So I'm not talking to single women. 
I'm talking to, you know, women that are in relationships with a man. All right. Now, one of the very few instances that you should financially take care of a man is, first of all, you need this needs to be your husband. Okay. Um, you are doing yourself an extreme disservice as a woman if you are lending, borrowing, or giving money to a man that has not pledged and committed his life to you. Okay. So uh, when I see these women like, oh my God, he, I, I took care of him and he treated me. So, um, is that, is that your husband? Don't tell me y'all out here giving boyfriends money. Now, the only other way I could say you should give a man money is if maybe he's your fiance and he, and he needs to have proved to you prior. Okay. That he is able to be financially independent, that he is able to, in the least, take care of himself as an individual. Okay, because technically, until you are his wife, he is not necessarily obligated to give you any money to provide for you or take care of you in any way. He needs to show you and be consistent to show that he can. But it's not necessarily an obligation until, you know, you are his wife. Now, we all know most men will still provide, still take, because they want to show you before marriage that this is what I'm capable of doing. This is how he gets her to say yes. However, a man is not necessarily wrong for not doing that. Okay. So now if you as a woman are giving money to a boyfriend, then I don't know what to tell you, sweetie. Like you, you, you have no self-esteem. You have no self-confidence. Um, now, if a man is your husband or your fiance and he has already proven to you that he can and will provide, let's say he loses his job, okay? Let's say he loses his job and he's like, damn, it, it might be a little bit tight covering the mortgage this month or covering the rent this month. Should you as a woman, if you're able to step in and help? Yes. And you let him know, okay, I'm going to help us out, of course. And, you know, and support him and encourage him to find new employment and then encourage him to bring in additional sources of income so that he's not dependent on one source where if something goes wrong with that source, you all are on the street. That would be your cue as a woman to help him with what he needs and then use your feminine grace to push and encourage him to better himself financially. A man should not sleep. A man should not be sitting around twiddling his thumbs if he knows that he is not providing right now, okay? Because a man is going to get out there and he going to make it happen, okay? And it will, and usually most real men, before they ask their woman for money, they'll ask their father, their, even their mama, a family member, okay? As a man, it shouldn't feel natural for you necessarily to have to go to your woman like, hey, can you... Give me this or can you cover that? Um, you know, that shouldn't be your first thought. Your first thought should be to do it on your own. Okay? So, ladies, if that's your husband, that's your fiancé even, he's held it down, he come on to a hard time, then yes, you can say, okay, but I got you. Now, should that be a continuous thing? No, it should be, uh, you know, I'm just helping you out. 
excuse me, I'm just contributing until you get back on your feet. I want to make it very clear. I'm not stepping in as the provider for this family. Okay. It's just that we're a team and as a team where one lacks, the other can pick up here and there, but this is not a habit. Okay, because a man that is really doing his job as a man should always make sure that he has things secure financially. It's 2018. There are so many ways to make money, especially on the side, make money at home, make money online, that you really, you know, as a man, you got to get out there and get it. Okay, so you need to make it clear before you give the money that, listen, babe, I'm doing this, you know, because you fell on hard times, but, you know, I take your role as provider seriously. I have no problem supporting you, babe, but this cannot be a, a continuous thing. And a real man that is confident in himself, okay, he will have no problem with that. Um, the other instance I could say where it's okay to give a man money is... You know, I, I feel like if a man is taking care of household bills, then maybe the woman can cover things like vacations and extracurricular activities and stuff like that. But understand this. The subconscious mind is such a powerful thing. I look at the subconscious mind before I ever look at what the conscious mind is doing because the subconscious mind is so powerful that it operates on its own. There's nothing you can necessarily do to sway or default your subconscious mind. It kind of goes on its own. So now, see, this happens and a lot of men don't even realize that this is what happened. So you can have a man who's with a woman most and most of the time it is a boyfriend and girlfriend thing because most men once they become a husband they do and I'm not saying all men I'm saying most men before y'all attack me most men when they get married they don't get married until they know they can provide most men will not ask a woman to marry them until they know okay that's the number one reason he you know hasn't asked you to marry him yet he's getting his money right so most of the times it will not be a husband that's like milking his wife for money because the husband and wife are one unit what's mine is yours what's yours is mine you know he has no problem providing for his family majority of healthy-minded men take joy and take pride in providing for their families so most of the time it's a boyfriend okay and most of the time, he's manipulative. He has emotional trauma. He has been emasculated. A lot of men did not have a father that they saw go out there every day and provide for their family. A lot of men did not have someone in their lives to empower them financially. A lot of men were never taught how to get money. So they become adults, and their only means of survival is Finding desperate women because, ladies, men can sense a desperate woman from a mile away. They have a radar that goes off like, where is the desperate? Where is the desperate one? Where is the desperate one? And then they, they'll see you and it'll be like, there she is. So, ladies, you have to be very careful of that. So now, sometimes their only means of survival is, okay, let me find a woman that I can leech off of. Okay, so now he has sold you all these dreams about and, and every man is different when it comes to the finesse of women and their money. Sometimes it's, oh, baby, I got a dream. And, you know, if you just hold me down while I'm, I'm chasing this dream, then I promise that when I make it, I got you, baby. Okay, and so then for five years, she ends up being his girlfriend, giving him money and financially supporting him and then never getting married. And then he's that guy that runs off with the chick that didn't do anything for him. 
Sweetie, let me tell y'all something. Listen to me and listen to me closely. When you take care of a man, what it does is it slowly emasculates him. It's a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. Some men need to hit rock bottom. Some men need to fall on their butts so they can learn that they got to go get it. When you prevent him from doing that, when you prevent him from being able to learn and grow, you're doing exactly what you subconsciously admitted to, which is you held him down. When they say, I held him down, you're right. And that's, what, that's where you went wrong. You held him down. You prevented him from growing and becoming better. And then you know what happens? Now he subconsciously resents you. And even that man may be confused. He might be like, damn, she did all this for me. I've been with her for years, but I still got eyes for other women. I still don't feel like this is the woman I want to marry. He might not even know why. Why did I just get with this new girl? She hasn't done anything for me, but I feel so good with her. But she is for some reason. She just makes me so happy. And the reason why is because he doesn't look at her and feel that subconscious resentment that she took away from me what could have made me a man. She did not allow me to fail and fall on my ass so that I could learn that, okay, I got to get serious about providing. I got to get serious about taking care of myself. Because nine times out of ten, those men talking about, oh, a woman can hold me down. It's okay for her to give me money. It's okay to go 50-50. It's because they can't even take care of themselves. He cannot even keep a roof over his own head. Let alone for you and children. Okay? So now he gets with a new chick. She hasn't done any of that to him so he can feel like a man around her. And that's why he left you for that held him down for a chick that never did anything for him. Do you see what I mean by how powerfully the subconscious works? You will kind of say it yourself without realizing it. I held him down and he left me for a woman that hasn't done anything for him. Exactly. She has not crippled him. Okay, she has not hindered his growth as a man. Because every boy grows into a man at a different time. And it's his life experiences. It's things that happen to him that give him that pivotal moment where he transforms into that soldier, into that warrior. And if you as a woman, though it may hurt you to see him suffer or see him do without, you have to let him grow and learn. Becoming a man is not something that happens with age. It is something that happens with learning and experiences. Okay. If that man is not your husband, if he has not made a vow between you, God, and the family, you do not give him a dime. Period. Once he becomes your husband, it is okay to temporarily assist him in the event that an unforeseen financial hardship occurs. Not to take away his role as provider and start doing it for him. There's a huge difference between helping you out in a tough situation and taking your job and crippling you. So sisters, how many times does this have to happen to all of us 
before somebody says, okay, we're seeing a pattern here. Okay, I don't care if he say he about to be a rapper. I don't care if he say, okay, if I just do this, I'm going to start this business. I don't care. Baby boy, figure it out. Who are you to come in between him and his journey into becoming a man? A man that can provide, a man that has confidence financially is untouchable. And in the same breath, if you take that from him, you have now brought him down to his lowest point. And we have seen this story multiple times. And, and, and the brother may, he may still say that, oh, I still love you. He may still beg you to stay around because he's emotionally attached to you being his crutch. Because that's how women get confused. They'll be like, well, he says he loves me. He say he don't want me to be with nobody else. Baby girl, men are territorial. Just because a man doesn't want to see you be with anyone else, it doesn't mean he loves you. You know what means that he loves you? When he marries you. Okay, because that's when they get confused. Well, I don't understand. I try to leave him alone. And he keep coming back. Yeah, because he's a dog. And once a dog pisses on something in his mind, it's his. And why he has pissed all over you to get you to take care of his big grown ass. That is the same reason why he now refuses to commit to you and is nine is a 95% chance he's dealing with other women. There's a 95% chance that you are not the one and only woman that he want to be with for the rest of his life. Okay? Subconscious resentment is the number one killer of all types of relationships. And there are different things that fuel that subconscious resentment. So all you ladies hitting me with the, I held him down and I don't understand. I did all this for him and he shitted on me. I did all this for him and he dogged me out. Sis, you doing all that for him is why you never got his respect. Let them men learn. Let them grow. Let them be independent. Let them be self-sufficient. It's what makes him a man. So, sisters, if we see this happen to so many women. Okay, I, I'm at the point where it's like, okay. Sis, if you fall into that trap, I'm sorry, but you get what you get. Because the reality is that we have to also, in the same breath, let women suffer the consequences for the decisions that they make. And if you're going to put a man before your own well-being and self-esteem in front of your own children, your own finances, if you as a woman can get out there and get money and take care of yourself and your family and have money left over to give to a man, then he can take care of that too. If you can do it, then he can definitely do it if his God-given instincts is to provide. The man is a provider, the hunter. It's in his blood. So... And if he cannot do it, he may be one of those men that are way too damaged to ever be any good. And if that's the instance, it's good for you to learn that too and still leave him alone, block him. I don't care how many times he call you, man, I, I need you. You are not any man's psychiatrist. It is not your job to heal broken men that cannot fulfill their God-given purposes and instincts. Okay, this all is real simple sisters and before anybody come at me with da, 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 go take that up with god because the men are not giving birth the men are not producing milk in their breasts the men are not having periods once a month 
They have nothing physically that holds them back from hunting and providing. That shows you if we're the ones that carry the children, produce the milk, we're the ones that have a menstrual cycle, it is their job to protect us so that we can do that. If you have a problem with that, you can write a letter to God. He's at like 411 Heaven's Way, <laughs> okay? And you can just take it up with the, the force of God. Um, because this is not something where it's like, I'm saying this, this is just the way it works. And I think that the reason why we are in some of the positions we are in now is that we have rewritten nature's order. Um, so sisters, you know, I haven't gave homework in a while, but I'm giving homework this week. Sisters, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to say, I'm worthy. I want you to say, I am the prize. I want you to say desperation does not live here, okay? Because we got too many sisters getting taken advantage, taken advantage of by unworthy, lowly, dusty Negroes. It is 2019. We are attracting healthy, confident, black, masculine men only, It's so crazy to me because it's like people, there are some people in my life who will be like, oh, six is like the coolest person you'll ever meet. And some people are like, oh, she's, they, they pick, they personify me as this like villain with horns and a red face. Um, they, they view me as this person. Like I'll have people that'll not invite me somewhere because they're like, well, I didn't invite you because it was going to be a lot of non-black people there. And I'm like, really so is this what we do is when we have a black person that is like proud to be who they are a black person that wants to empower their people that somehow we are personified as this like big bad wolf that is just so intolerant like I just go around drop kicking everybody with white skin and it's just so dramatic but you know we talked about this a few episodes back which is when people want to villainize something that does make sense um, they'll tend to be dramatic about it to make it seem like a negative thing. So I think that what people do is they they try to personify me as this person that just hates everybody and I only like my own people and this, that, and the third. Now, that is the truth. I will only invest in my own people. Um, I will only vouch for my own people. I will only support my own people. Um, and that... That should not be taken as something hateful, uh, especially when we all know by now, um, you know, the difference in how we are treated and how other races are treated. So to me, it's common sense to say, okay, you know, we need to have special patience and special care um, for one another. So I have a lot of people, they say, you know, I really want to get more into learning about my history. I really want to get into learning more about my culture. Um, but I have white people that I've been friends with for years. How can I balance the two? And um, so this is basically what to do about your white friends. And this is very, and this is something realistic because I have some people that they won't even address stuff like this. Some people be like, "Oh, fuck them," but I do understand the reality is that there are people who have uh, invested their emotions in, into friendships with people that are not black. And um, this is my answer. This is a genuine answer because everyone is free to um, 
conduct themselves the way they want to. Uh, I have a mixed family. I have white people in my family. So I get it. I understand. You're trying to figure out how to go about this. Now, me personally, I have chosen, I've made the conscious decision to only invest in my own people emotionally, spiritually, physically. I personally cannot have um, white friends. Um, I have white associates. Um, I, I can do business with white people. But as far as a friend, because I consider a friend someone that you protect and support. And when my own people are out here left for dead, I really don't have time to protect and support a white woman. I just do not. I I do not feel as though white women can truly relate to me because we all know that if you're not black, you're never going to understand it. It's just never, I can talk till I'm blue in the face. It is important for me to have friends that can relate and understand me. So back to the original topic. So Six of Goddess, I love myself. I'm proud of my heritage. Um, I've been learning more and more. I've been waking up to the truth about us as people. But I do have white people that I do business with, that I'm friends with. And I'm trying to figure out how do I balance this out. Now, my best explanation for this is you should be unapologetic about what you've learned. You should be unapologetic about your growth. Um, I I went to a, a high school called Lake Mary High School. It is like the whitest school ever in Central Florida. Um, throughout my years there, I definitely had friendships with people outside of my race. Now, I have, for example, um, there's somebody that I've been cool with since back in the day. His name is Brandon Caskey. He's a white boy. He's actually a rapper. I've known Brandon for since I was like a teenager and um, he, he actually hit me up a few months ago and he was like, oh, six, I see you doing your thing. I'm proud of you. He was like, I'm proud of, you know, all you've learned. I'm proud of what you're repping. Now, I was shocked because I, I, I've had a lot of white people that I was cool with back in the day and then they see the way I feel now and they get mad. They get offended by that and then they want to villainize you and cut you off. Now, what I liked is that he gave me my space to still be myself. He knows that it's nothing that you've done personally to me. He knows that he's done nothing but, you know, show me respect throughout our whole friendship. But he's giving me my space to say, do you. You're doing what you need to do. So I would say that if you have white people in your life and you're trying to figure out how to balance this out, do what you need to do what is best for your people. It's no secret, okay, the disadvantages that we have. It's no secret about white privilege. Any white person, any of your white friends that want you to play dead, like they, like you don't know that white privilege exists, any of your white friends that expect you to hush-hush or mind your mouth to protect their feelings, I would say that's not a friend. And I would say you should just end the friendship anyway. Because if you have white people in your life that you truly feel that you are close with and you are friends with, they should 100% not be offended by you educating yourself. They should be 100% not offended by you wanting to, you know, support black business only. They should be they should have no issue with you speaking openly and freely about the truth about the 90% of racist white people that, you know, they may not be outward with how they feel, but they feel it inside. They know your white friends know they pretty much all have a grandma or grandpa that's still using the N word. You know what I'm saying? So they ain't stupid. They ain't stupid. Um, your white friends, if you feel as though you have to hide 
or 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 make yourself smaller to make them comfortable that ain't really a friendship um i think it's very important to distinguish the difference between hate and being irrelevant because so many people want so many white people so badly want to make me this villain when the truth is i'm like i don't hate you that would require too much um energy i'm just not thinking about you now i am a strong-willed person so me personally i don't care anybody in my life that was white before i decided to make the change to invest in my people only the way I went about it was, this is what it is. If you don't like it, you could go, period. Now, some of them fell away. Some of them got out my way, said no love, lost, no hard feelings, and let me do my thing. Um, so that that's my response, only because I get this question a lot. And I'm like, you know what? I guess we haven't, no one has really seriously addressed that. So what if you had a white friend, you've been friends for 20 years, and then you wake up to the truth about yourself and who you are? What are you supposed to do? Tell her. Oh, well, can't be your friend anymore. I I think that's not realistic. Um, So I think you may want to have a conversation and say, listen, I understand things differently than I did before. I'm going to be investing my time, my spirituality, my energy into different things in different ways. And I just need you to be supportive of that. Okay. The way I look at having white friends is they can be nice to you all day. Okay. They can have your back all day. They could do all that. But still, yet and still. That white privilege still exists, and yet and still, none of them are refusing to benefit from it. That white privilege gets slipped over to them, and they take it and put it in their pocket on the low low. They can sit all day and talk about how they don't like Trump, and we're all one race, and they love all people, yeah, 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 yeah. But the reason why I will not invest into them is because your privilege still exists. No matter how nice you are to me, no matter how comforting, no matter how much you quote unquote support me, baby, you still got that white privilege, period. And that's what it's all about. White supremacy and racism is not about white people being nice to you or not being nice to you. It is about the privilege. And it's exactly why when I see you know, black men with white women, I'm like, you crazy. You do know that she, all she got to do is blank wrong and you under the jail, right? Or you're dead. You know, you already know, listen, boy, black woman call the police. We all going to jail. White girl call it, you know, she has that advantage. So me personally, I can't have friends like that where they have so much power to completely ruin my life. Once again, everybody can make their own choices. Now, maybe everybody will eventually get to the point where it's like you get very unapologetic about it where there is no more disclaimers and watching feelings you know we'll get to the point where you're going to do what's best for yourself and your people and you won't you know what can anybody say or do about it you know it is what it is um so I wanted to address that because it actually comes up more than y'all think. It's actually one of the number one questions that I get, whether I get it on my own or whether I see other people talking about it. What do I do about my white friend? If you've been friends for forever and you're attached to that person, that's fine. You should still be able to tell the truth about white people, tell the truth about racism. Now, if they're offended by you telling the truth, then they're not your friend. And look, now you awakening to, to who you are will help you you know, shovel out the good for the back. And we all know a friendship is really tested when things don't go somebody's way. When when things are all gravy and you're, you know, shutting up to make someone comfortable, that's easy to be friends like that. Now, what happens when that person starts speaking harsh truth? 
What happens when that person starts revealing things about your ancestors, things about the things that your people do to make you uncomfortable? Now, do you still feel the same way or are your white friendships dependent upon your black silence? Okay, because there is two things. You have those white people where in order to be their friend, you have to shut up about race. You cannot talk about it. You cannot say anything bad about white people. You have to make them feel inclusive. That's not a friendship. If you have to tiptoe, that's that's not your friend. Um, so I hope I hope that insight have someone you know will help someone kind of realize it's not that serious. Always remember that it's not that serious. Oh, six of God is you're pro black, so you can't do business with white folks ever. It's not that serious. Oh my God, six of God is you're pro black, so you must hate white people. It ain't that serious. Like stop doing the most. Okay, it's not that serious. They're completely irrelevant to us. Our focus is on bettering ourselves, the people, healing ourselves as a people. We, I wish I would have us out here wasting our energy, going around beating up white folks and hating them. No, mind your business. They don't mind theirs. They'll continue on their life with their white privilege. You will continue in your life with your black disadvantage. And we will continue trying to do what's right and do what we need to do to make a better life for our children. It's that simple. Let's not complicate it. But anyway, um, that's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen, kings and queens. I love you. Thank you for listening. And as always, peace, love, and black power.